This morning I'd like to focus on our first reading from the book of uh, Acts. This is a an interesting passage because it highlights a very important transitional time in the history of the church where the original uh, apostles and uh, original disciples of Christ were starting to come to the realization that non-Jews were being brought into the people of God without becoming Jews. Okay, That was something that they had to come to a realization of gradually. Now, Christ taught them that the gospel was going to be for all nations. Uh, and he taught them that Gentiles as Gentiles would be accepted into the people of God. But Christ said many, many things in a very cryptic fashion that the apostles and the disciples just did not, they didn't fully understand what he was saying. So when he taught them that the gospel was to be for all the nations, they very likely assumed that, well, we're going to go, we're going to preach, and uh, pretty much the people who believe what we're saying are going to uh, first become circumcised, and they are going to basically be inducted into a kind of an Old Testament religion. And in addition to that, they will believe in this man as Messiah, this guy Jesus of Nazareth as Messiah. That's probably the basic understanding that the apostles had. And only gradually, after Christ rose from the dead and ascended and departed from them, by the, by the Holy Spirit, with the help of the Holy Spirit, did they come to realize the gospel was for Gentiles as Gentiles. Gentiles did not have to become Jewish proselytes, as it were, for them to become uh, disciples of Jesus. And that, was a, that was a process of education. And it took a lot of faith uh, on the part of the disciples uh, to really accept and understand that. They had to have faith that penetrated to the depth of the Word of God to, for them to understand that. Because you read the Old Testament, and it, it's giving all of these precepts, and it's saying these precepts are binding indefinitely to all your generations. You've got to observe all these laws no matter what. Right? So, I mean, you re- if you're a Bible-believing Jew, and you're reading that, how can you understand these people who are not observing these commands as being acceptable to God. So it took a lot of faith for them to reconcile these two apparently contradictory things. Um, but uh, And it was gradual. So yesterday we heard in our, our the book of Acts, St. Peter receiving a vision, God telling him to go to preach to Gentiles, and it took all of these different signs and miracles for Peter to really start to realize that it was God's will that Gentiles be uh, admitted to baptism without first being circumcised. And um, and then Peter had to go and kind of sell that point to the other um, early believers. And they, they did come to accept that, but it was a process. Now, uh, one of the things that we see here, very interesting, is uh, yet one more phase of this whole uh, project of bringing the gospel to Gentiles as Gentiles... Um, these guys, uh, some these are these are Jewish Christians, uh, some from Cyprus and some from Cyrenia, and they go to Antioch and they preach to uh, Gentiles again, just as Gentiles. They're not trying to persuade them to become Jews first, and a huge number of these Gentiles start to believe, and then word gets back to headquarters in Jerusalem, and they send Barnabas there to help. Um, cultivate and uh, facilitate God's activity amongst these Gentiles. 
And this is the point I want, or this is the passage I want to draw your attention to. It says, uh, when he, Barnabas, arrived and saw the grace of God, he rejoiced and encouraged them all to remain faithful to the Lord in firmness of heart. He saw the grace of God. That's a pretty interesting phrase right there. Because grace, sanctifying grace that we receive through baptism, is a completely invisible reality. Uh, angels can't even see it. All right, Only God knows if someone is in a state of grace or not. It's totally, totally supernatural. It completely transcends our senses. Um, and uh, it's, that's the reality of grace. Okay, So it's interesting it says that he saw the grace of God. And what it means there is that he saw signs of the grace of God. So that invisible supernatural reality of grace does have signs that can be detected by our senses and by our reason. So this comes back to the question of how do we know we are in the grace of God? Because even though we're all baptized, it is possible to lose grace through mortal sin. Okay? So how do we know we're currently in a state of grace? Uh, first and foremost is an examination of conscience. That is the main way you know whether or not you're in a state of grace. Okay? Are you aware of having committed mortal sins? You're very likely not in a state of grace. So get yourself to confession, get yourself back in grace. Okay? Um, you examine your conscience on a daily basis. You're not aware of any grave sin. We can have the assurance that we're in a state of grace. Okay? Um, but there are other signs apart from the examination of conscience. The examination of conscience, I really want to emphasize that. That's the main way. It's, an, it's a test, it's a litmus test for a state of grace. It's in a category all by itself. Nonetheless, there are other signs that we can look at as indicators of someone being in a state of grace. And uh, one of them has to do with a love for the Word of God. Do we love to hear the Word of God, read it, Listen to homilies. Listen to the scriptures. Do are you attracted to that? That's a that's a sign, a subjective sign. It's not an infallible sign, but it's a it's a decent sign that you're in a state of grace. Okay, and we see that confirmed here with these disciples because here's Barnabas. He sees the grace of God. What is he seeing? He's seen their attraction to the word of God. He goes. He says, "Okay, I know someone who can really preach and teach really well." He goes and he gets. Paul, St. Paul. And he and St. Paul together, they meet with the church. Okay, they don't, they don't summon the church. They don't require the church to gather. They don't say, if you don't come, you're sinning mortally, okay? <laughs> At this point, there wasn't that, that, uh, um, grave obligation to attend Sunday Mass, alright? They, they meet with the church, meaning that all the early disciples willingly, voluntarily, with great love, with great ardor, with great devotion, wanted to hear what St. Paul and Barnabas had to say. They met with them for a whole year. And I can guarantee you, my brothers and sisters, their homilies were not 10-minute or 6-minute you know, quickies. They, they were talking, this was extensive teaching that they were giving these disciples. They were meeting for hours every day for a whole year. And you see that kind of ardor and love for the Word of God. Uh, that, my brothers and sisters, is what we need to cultivate in ourselves. And that is a, is a very great sign of grace, which can be seen with the eyes.